For RCRTV, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to HetNet Happenings, where we talk about all things DAS, small cell, Wi-Fi, and much, much more. Comscope. Thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Register today for the Wireless Infrastructure Show, the premier national event for mobile network solutions, produced for the industry, by the industry. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com all right, welcome back to HetNet Happenings. As I mentioned in my tagline every week, we spend a lot of time on this show talking about distributed antenna systems and then uh, metro solutions like small cells, which serve to boost coverage and capacity in a particular geographic area. Up to this point, what we haven't spent a lot of time talking about is the old-fashioned traditional cell tower that we're all familiar with. And, you know, just uh, going back to the DAS systems, these nodes are all connected throughout a building. They're all cabled together, but they wouldn't work if they weren't connected to that base station. Same thing with a small cell. You might see it attached to a street light. You might see it attached to a park bench. That thing's less than useless unless it's fibered right back to that base station, that cell tower. So today we're gonna to talk a little bit about cell towers and we're gonna talk about the men and women that work in the cell tower industry. So uh, monologue complete. <laughs> Let me introduce my guest for the week, my friend and coworker, Joey Jackson. Joey does a lot of work for us in the cell tower space. Uh, thanks for having me, Sean, and thank you for that enlightening uh, overview of heterogeneous networks. It's what we call the show, <laughs> HeadNet Happenings with Sean Kinney. It's what I do, man. So Joey, uh, when we talk about towers, what I really wanna talk about is the men and women that work on the towers. You've had a lot of time to spend with them over the course of your travels to the trade shows, right? Yeah, I mean, these are these are very interesting people. Obviously, it takes a unique type of person to be able to climb 400 feet in the air and, uh, you know, put your life on the line every day. But these guys aren't just, you know, crazy people that climb towers for fun or, or thrills. Mm -hmm. they, they want you to know that they're technicians. They have to learn the... AT&T LTE networks or the Sprint 2.5 networks and mm -hmm. so they go through a lot of training a lot of safety and they're you know they're they're professionals yeah I, I think it, we can't emphasize enough sort of the the blend of these you know you might think of it as a blue-collar job but these are really highly specialized highly trained people and um, uh, I think to, to get a better understanding of their day-to-day -day, you put together a video story right yeah let's take a look at gigs uh, inside the life of a tower climber Well, I got the job. My name is Jeff Henry. I run, operate, and work on quality uh, for quality antenna service out of Powell, Ohio, uh, suburb of Columbus. My name is Corey with Tower MRL. I'm a safety manager, trainer. I've worked my way up through the industry. I started looking in the paper for jobs, and I happened to see an ad said, are you afraid of heights? Then don't answer this ad. Well, that was pretty cool. So I called it up immediately because I am not afraid of heights, which probably in my business is good. So I, I, uh, I answered the ad. The gentleman was truly interested in talking to me, but he saw my age, which I was already at that time, uh, you know, in the, my late 30s. 
And he said, you know, if you were younger, I'd hire you right now, but I just can't use you. I wish you were younger. And I said, oh, it's okay, I understand. He said, but there's a fella across town and he would might hire you. So I went and talked to him. Well, he was the owner of Quality Antenna, the service I run now. And he said, if you would uh, like to start, good. So I, for eight bucks an hour, I started working for this gentleman. And that was 20 years ago. And I'm now running and own the company. Background, second generation climber. Always had rigging, PPE, beat into my head as a young child. Uh, my father, 30 years into a different industry that requires climbing. My summers were spent traveling around with him, helping him out. Uh, never thought I would go down this road myself. It wasn't my chosen career. I'd actually had applied to go to the University of DeVry in Chicago, got accepted. I was gonna go for telecommunications, ironically, work the other end of it all. Uh, I was too young to go that year. I graduated at 17. My dad asked if I'd come on the road with him to go to work, so that's what we did. When I first started, uh, my first climb, I had nothing but a lap belt on that just went around my lap and around my legs and then a lanyard, and that's how you climb. And a lot of times I just, only time I'd hook off was when I got to where I was going or I needed to take a break. And uh, it was crazy, I mean, but I didn't think anything of it because it's just the way it was. That's how you did the business. And you would have a belt, a tool belt wrapped around you and all your heavy tools and a rope and a block and you'd head up the tower. Now, as you can see behind me, the safety is just incredible, the, the strides they've made and, and keeping us safe because let's just face it, one slip, and you're dead. It went from just a single belt like I'm wearing right here that we would have a little rope tied to the tower on. Eventually leg straps became part of the rig. Now it's a full body harness, hard hats, chin straps, uh, multiple levels of standards have been upgraded along the way to protect the worker. The quality of worker has improved a lot. I mean, the guys that used to go out and get drunk and you know, and maybe do drugs, that's gone. You can't have it because you're dependent on somebody who's working up above you hanging on to their tools, paying attention to what they're doing. So you gotta have good quality people. That's one of the biggest changes, the quality of the people. I've been fortunate enough to work from the ground level as a tower tech to foreman, operations manager, project manager. The company I currently work for grew, grew up enough to where we could have a safety manager. So implementation wise, uh, we trained all of our employees per the standards, per the codes, per the refreshers recommended by the manufacturers. There should be regulations, there are for a lot of companies, but a lot of companies don't require it. Uh, there's a lot of radio stations I climb for. They don't have any set goals and guidelines for the climbers. They, rely, they re, uh, really rely on me to know better. We are electricians, we are plumbers, we're engineers, we're wrench turners, uh, we're very proud. Uh, the reason why we have to have every facet of skills, jack of all trades, so to speak, uh, you don't find very many electricians that can make their union wage on the ground willing to climb the tower to assist the electrical work. Therefore, it's placed in our hands. We are the backbone of America's networks, E911. If any, anyone has ever had an emergency that they could rely on their grandma getting in a car accident, somebody having a heart attack, somebody choking, anytime you had to rely on 911, that was built by tower workers. Um, you wake up in the morning and you check your emails, you check your Facebook, you talk to your grandma, you call your kids, you Skype your kids. That's all provided by tower workers. It takes a person that, that loves to go up high, that just enjoys it. And I'm telling you, when I get up there, and, and most of the workers that I've had in the past that really enjoy it, they say the same thing. Once you get up there, it's like standing right here talking to you. It's, you feel natural, you feel comfortable. I mean, we protect ourselves, we tie off, we can't fall. 
The structures are really strong, but they rarely fall on their own. Something has to make them fall. So it's like we're standing right here talking and everybody else is down in a hole. That's the way it feels. So the kind of person I like, I am, I'm kind of jovial. I, I don't come into work with an issue. I leave it outside. It'll be waiting right there when I get back. And that's the kind of workers I train. I tell them the same things. I said, is your wife or girlfriend giving you a hard time? She'll do it later, just forget it right now. And I, they kind of stick with that and they get it. And once they understand, that's the kind of worker I like. That was a look at gigs inside the life of a tower climber. That's just uh, one installment in Joey's series that sort of takes an in-depth look at professionals working in the telecom industry. I, I think you've also done a data center professional mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, data, data scientist. scientist. Yeah. So, Anybody that wants to look at those, you can check those out at the RCR TV page or also on our YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, I got to fondly remember back when we used to do this every day, <laughs> right? Yeah, Global Joe and Midday News. That, right. that was kind of our warm up to, to getting where we are today. You folks at home think this chemistry just happens. This is, you know, something that we developed over the course of many stressful mornings and afternoons. It takes time. It takes time. All right. Well, Joey, um, I think you filmed that down at the National Association of Tower Erectors show in beautiful Lake Buena Vista, yeah. Florida, right? Nate Unite, yep. And you got to stay at Disney World? Mm-hmm. How many rides did you ride? Uh, none. Grand total of zero? Yep. All right. Yep. Excellent. Hey, laugh a minute down there, right? <laughs> All right. And you know, I, I remember when you got back from Orlando, in addition to moving incredibly slow, you, you were telling me... I had some fun down yeah, there. I, yeah, I think a lot of these stories that we heard might have happened over drinks. Yeah, uh, well... I have a sneaking suspicion. Well, I, I had the pleasure to actually sit at a table with a bunch of tower climbers during the Sarah Palin keynote that was going on at, at Nate Unite. And these guys were just swapping stories. It was awesome. Like, just, just listening to the stories that these guys have to tell. I mean, obviously in that industry, there's a lot of interesting things that can happen while you're up on the tower. They face weather and, you know, climate and, and bees. Some of them bees. have been attacked yeah. by bees, yes. Um, and so, you know, like, I, I decided, like, hey, let me take these guys out and, like, listen to their stories. Have them tell me some stories on camera. How was Sarah Palin? Good. Yeah. Yeah. If further comments? <laughs> no. Would you care to treat us to your impression of Sarah Palin? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> no, All right. I'm not going to do it. Moving along. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of these stories that Joey brought back, uh, I was really struck. We kind of in the news business, we're talking about this company did this or this was the broad industry trend. But these stories are the people, the men and women in the tower industry that are really the heart and soul. You know, if these people aren't out there maintaining towers every day, none of it's going to work. This isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. Your cell phone's not yep. going to work. Your laptop's not going to work. So, yeah. you know, these folks really are the heart and soul of the industry. And a big emphasis that I think at Nate was was the safety. Yeah. You know, it's a huge element, right? And um Corey Fontenot, a safety manager with a company in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. he actually, when I was listening to the stories, he told me the most powerful one, which was, you know, about what can happen when people aren't focused on the tower. So let's take a, a look at tower stories, a sobering reminder. Well, I got the job. My name is Mike Winkle. I'm the wireless training manager for Bluestream, one of the largest companies in the country. Uh, I run the training academy. We cater to vets and people who want to get into the industry, as well as leads, construction managers, and regional managers who want to keep the standards up that AT&T, Verizon, Sprint wants. 
I was injured in the U.S. Navy. My career ended early. It came out. Um, Blue Stream offered me a chance to actually climb. They have a Veterans to Climbers program, uh, one of the best in the country. Uh, I came in. Uh, it gave me a really decent opportunity. I started as a green hand, which is the lowest of the low, carrying stuff up the tower, to the training manager over an entire division at Blue Stream. I, I wanted to work. I wanted to do something different. And I felt it, I wanted to be challenged. And that's a lot of military people. Um, the first time I went up, I went up to 250 feet. Uh, scared me a little, in a good way. And once I, realized, once I broke the tree line, I realized I could do this. I worked hard. Um, people don't understand in this industry, you, you can't just go to work. You have to study, you have to pick up books, you have to get online, and you have to understand the programs. Uh, if you want to be successful, you got to miss a meal now and then. You got to work, a, you lose a little sleep. And that's what we do at Blue Stream. We go that extra mile to get it done. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it is not for everybody. Um, you'll get gut checked constantly. Uh, used to be an old tower dog mentality where you were an aerial cowboy, an aerial constructionist. And those days are done. We're tower technicians now. You not only have to be tough and a little bit brave and a little bit stupid. <laughs> but you also have to be intelligent enough to understand the AT&T long-term evolution systems, the Sprint 2.5 Verizon. The stuff isn't super difficult or even brain surgery, but if you don't do it right, you have blank spots and you have people who don't have their cell phones and people don't really understand what we do or how important it is for wireless, but for the governments, for first responders and stuff like that. But let, let a bunch of people at a football stadium not have their Facebook and you'll sure hear about it. Um, we're working with Comtrain, OSHA. Uh, we give them all their certs that they need and even teach them microwave, uh, basic tower builds, uh, change outs. The best thing about it is, is when they're done with our five-week school, they can actually go to work right away. And it gives us a chance to give back to all those who've been overseas and paid their dues. Now we want to do something for them. It's almost a military-style training. You come in, your first week is OSHA. I mean, first four days, you, are, you understand safety is the most important thing. And if anybody watches this interview and hears anything I ever say about any company, safety better be first. You better live it. It better be in your mission statement. It better be what you live and breathe because you cannot do this job unless you're safe. You will get hurt. You will die. We're one of the, we have one of the worst death rates in any other industry per capita. And it's, it's, it's frightening. Um, Blue Stream's lucky to say we've never had a death. Uh, and that should be the norm. That shouldn't be anybody bragging or, or being happy. That should be the norm. Once you get through safety, we give you through ComTrain. I'm an in-house ComTrain instructor. We have a whole list of them. We teach them how to climb safely, how to hook up. Uh, we, don't, we actually have our, we take them up on 25-foot towers first. Then we take them up to 160 feet, make sure they are who they say they are. They, they can climb. A lot of people, can, they're okay at 20 feet, but at 100 feet, it's a whole different story. Um, after, the, after they get through the second week, now it's time to start doing technical stuff. They learn how to do antennas on the ground, weatherproofing, color coding, the basics, stuff that you have to know. Used to, a company would hire you as a green hand and they would spend more time training you than you could actually work. We've eliminated that. The next week, they're actually climbing 20-foot hanging towers. The last week, they're doing full builds, microwave, AT&T. And in the end, they're, they're an asset to their team immediately. And it's easy for them to move up. It makes us look good. And we keep the best of the best at Bluestream, to be honest with you.
Well, that was a, a really good look at, at sort of the importance of safety in the tower industry. And, you know, despite all the effort that goes into this and despite all the time that's spent emphasizing these safety practices, sometimes things do go wrong. And uh, our colleague, Jared Matula, he writes a weekly uh, cell tower news wrap. So if we could uh, roll that uh, tape of Jared giving us a rundown of some recent cell tower news stories. I got an emotional story. Um, I started in Wisconsin. Last week saw the first cell tower death of 2015. This happened near San Angelo, Texas. Details are still incredibly slim, despite the fact that it's been several days since the incident. Even the exact height of the fall is not confirmed, though witnesses claim it could have been as high as 200 feet. What has been confirmed is that the woman has been identified as Stephanie Gurney, a resident of the San Angelo area. EMS responders rushed her to Concho County Hospital after receiving a 911 call from a witness. She was pronounced dead shortly after. Now, this is where it gets a little more confusing. Some said she was a green hand climber, while others said she was not a tower climber at all, just a civilian who climbed on the tower. Our thoughts and prayers are, of course, with her family and friends. And of course, we'll keep you updated if there are any new developments in this story. More sad news, two men in Beloit, Wisconsin were injured last week working on a tower from a skylift bucket. The pair of technicians accidentally made contact with a 75,000 volt line which caused a fire on the bucket and the truck it was attached to. I'm talking fire even on the wheels of the vehicle. Both men are expected to make a full recovery, but aside from the burns, they also sustained injuries when they bailed out of the bucket, which was 20 to 30 feet off the ground. Now, for a more uplifting look at cell towers, let's take a look at an inspiring story about a Navy veteran who, after being injured, found a second career. I got an emotional story. Um, I started in Wisconsin, and I met a bunch of good guys, some of my better friends. All are from the tower industry. I had a good crew when we were working in Wisconsin. Four of us packed up, moved down to Florida, they hired our whole crew. We had jobs down in Florida. I met some really good tower hands down in Florida, real dedicated, passionate guys. One of them was an older gentleman, been in the industry a long time. The older guys didn't have the training upbringing that our younger guys are fortunate of having, so you know they kind of have their old ways. I'm not gonna mention any names, but my friend's from Rhode Island, and uh, he had the opportunity while working in Florida to do a Rhode Island job, so they shipped him to his home state, and they were doing work. They were on a 400 foot tower and they were bringing up sector mounts that the antennas hang on to install. They were gonna install them at the 380 foot level, so only 20 feet below the top of the tower. And it was a guide tower with the wires that support it. Uh, the rig was close. The mount was close to where it needed to be for the height, to establish height we were gonna hang it. I was not on the job site, my buddy was. He was reaching out to grab the mount. I don't know where the mount sailed for the ground hit one of the guide wires fortunately rode the guide wire down instead of shearing it because had he sheared the guide wire the tower more than likely would have came down however the sector fully dressed out quite heavy slammed through the equipment shelter building next to the tower um foreman gets on the radio says hey my friend's name you got to come on down let's talk about this my friend didn't realize what had happened he was pretty shook up and he had a 400 foot climb. 
he gets to the ground, they notified him that it killed two technicians in the shelter. So we have tower technicians that perform aerial work, working at height. That's our job. We don't climb for a living. We climb to access our workstation. On the other side, you have your cell techs. They implement the network. They keep the ground portion of the RF. Feeding the tower, we keep the tower working. To the techs. One was older, gentleman, seasoned, training his young apprentice. Young apprentice just had babies, twins, three weeks prior to the incident. The story behind that is the foreman, who was capable, was going through some troubles, had some family troubles, woman troubles. He was spending a lot of time on the phone. He let an unqualified worker run the hoist. Uh, the hoist got overlapped how the wraps go on, this, on the drum, and it snapped the rope. And then the mount came down. The foreman, he went home that day to his family. The guy in the shelter who was practicing safety did not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a natural transition, it seems like, from military veteran to tower climber. I think it takes a lot of the same characteristics to, to be one of those people. It's sort of that discipline that you need to keep in Focus, mind. Focus, yeah, yeah. The technicality of it and along with the, the paramount importance of safety. And some bravery as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's been uh, really great getting to learn a little bit more about the men and women that, like you said earlier, really are the lifeblood of this industry. And uh, for more on tower stories, you can tune into uh, RCR TV webpage. We've also got that up on the RCR Wireless News YouTube channel. Joey, I'd like to thank you for joining me. I'd yeah. like to thank you for all this very natural banter that, that we've had throughout the <laughs> course of the show. And you'd think that we knew each other and that we were like friendly or something. That's right. And uh, obviously a big thank you to Jared upstairs here who provided us with that Cell Tower News update. You can look for his recurring Cell Tower News wrap every Friday up on the RCR Wireless News website. Hey, maybe we'll do this from a tower next time. Maybe. Now you're thinking. <laughs> to the folks at home, thank you for tuning in to HetNet Happenings. We'll see you again. HetNet Happenings is a production of RCR-TV. To reach Sean Kinney or to suggest a show topic for HetNet Happenings, you can reach Sean at skinney at rcrwireless.com. On Twitter at SeanKinneyRCR. To find out more about the latest in HetNet and all things wireless, dig into rcrwireless.com.